Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm going to make him an offer he can't refuse. With family cannolis and spins mean everything now you want to get mixed up in the family business introducing the godfather at chabacasino.com test your luck in the shadowy world of the godfather slot someday i will call upon you to do a service for me play the godfather now at chabacasino.com welcome to the family no purchase necessary vgw group void where prohibited by law 18 plus terms and conditions apply <laughs> Hey everybody, and welcome back to From Complex to Queens, Amazing Avenue's minor league podcast. I am Steve Saipa, and I'm joined this week by Lucas Vajos, Ken Levin, and Thomas Henderson. How's everyone doing? Doing good. Okay. How are you doing? Doing good. The Mets are actually, you know, taking care of business. It's nice when they score runs, and it's nice so, when Taiwan Walker doesn't allow runs. Total aside, every time I hear that expression, the only thing I can think of are those terrible Office Depot commercials from like 15 years ago. I don't know if anyone knows what I'm talking about here. No one? Not ringing a bell. (laughs) No? All right. Well, that's fine. It's like some really bad like commercials for paper and pens and shit. Or it might just be one of those memories I totally made up. I'll have to do some research into it because I like watching commercials on YouTube. Some of them are like, I mean, old old commercials. It's kind of funny sometimes. Let me see if I can find it for you. Well, while you're looking for that, in the meantime, um, so back well, in 1984, also at Premier League Centrade, Doc Gooden set the MLB record for most strikeouts in a season by a rookie. He struck out 276 batters, and that beat Herb Scores. Uh, previous record, which was 246, which he set in 1954. So Gooden is from Tampa, 
he went to Hillsborough High School and Hillsborough High School, along with another school that's a couple of miles away, Plant High School. Those are like baseball powerhouses. Tampa is a hotbed of, of baseball activity. So what Tampa baseball legends are we going to promote, extend or trade? First, we have Wade Boggs. Next is Gary Sheffield. And last is Steve Garvey. Mm. That's a tough one. My Just immediate ba- thought was okay. to trade Garvey, but he's a lot better than I gave him credit for. Yeah, I mean, yeah, my instinct like, there was to say Bog, Sheffield, Garvey, but I'd have to look up Garvey because I don't know what his stats offer are off the top of my head. A career 294, 329, 446 hitter, 117 OPS plus over 19 years, uh, one MVP award. 10 All-Stars, 4 Gold Gloves. Yeah. He's a first baseman with a career 116 weighted. I'm probably still trading him. Yeah. Like, <laughs> Boggs is an inner circle Hall of Famer, and Gary Sheffield should be a Hall of Famer, if not for the steroid stuff. So, inner circle might be a little strong for Boggs, but Wade Boggs is real good. Yeah, Gary Sheffield had a 141 weighted for his career. Did he? Wow. Okay, that's a little... Gary Sheffield, so he gets promoted. 292, 393, 514. That's a 141 weighted, 509 homers, 62 war. So I figured it would have kind of gotten diminished in the era that he played and everyone else, you know, putting up similar, well, obviously not similar, but high-octane offense numbers. In 1992, he had a 172 weighted, 176 and 95, 185 and 96, 173 in 2000, 163 in 2003. The dude just fucking mashed everywhere. He was good for the Mets too, right? Like that one. 122. Yeah. 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 I saw his. I guess it was his 500th home run, and he yeah, he tucked it just inside the the left field foul pole. Yep. Yep. Core baseball memory. Yeah. I mean, those were some. That was the 2009 Mets. Ooh. Team oof. I do my best to think about as little as possible. Was that starting first baseman Mike Jacobs? Or was that 2010? All reference. I mean, their opening day lineup in 2009 is horrific. Opening. Yeah, just a real bad. Real although, bad. although I think actually Carlos Delgado was still on the team, but he got injured and it was out for like the entire season. So that might've been Jacobs in 2010, 2009 opening day lineup. Oh wait, no, their opening day lineup is decent here. And then yeah, it all like fell apart. A lot of guys Sh- got hurt. Yeah. Schneider, Delgado, Castillo, Wright, Reyes, Daniel Murphy and left. Oh, this was the game where Murph dropped that ball in left field against Miami. In Miami, yeah, I, that's uh, like Bel- burned in my brain. <laughs> yep, yep. In, in their 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 old stadium with that horrible, ugly left field wall, um, Beltron Church in Santana. No, I'm thinking of the 2010 starting lineup, yeah, which yeah. was Rod Barajas, Mike Jacobs, Castillo Wright, uh, Joey, and not Joey Cora, the other one, Alex Cora. <laughs> Jesus. Jason Bay, Gary Matthews Jr., and Jeff Francois. Gary Matthews Jr. <laughs> oh, no. The recollection of Gary Matthews Jr. as a Met. 
Oh, well, you're lucky. Zero yeah. recognition. Not missing much. No. <laughs> what a lineup. <laughs> <laughs> well, things got progressively better, I guess, from that point on. Uh, 2011. I mean, it's it's kind of hard to get worse. Oh, 2011, pretty bad. <laughs> Josh Tolley, Ike Davis, Brad Emails, the, 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 <laughs> who we oh, all yeah. thought was going to be good. Right, Reyes. Harris, I don't even know which Harris this is. Willie Harris. Willie Harris. Nick Angel Pagan, Carlos Beltran, an opening day starter. Anyone? Bueller? Mike Pelfrey. Mike Pelfrey, yeah. yes. Good call. Well, I will say that that roster is better than the 2010 roster. Yeah. yeah. Well, speaking of bad teams, let's start off with the Syracuse Mets. And they are a bad team. They yes. play the Rochester Red Wings in a battle for upstate New York supremacy, and they split the series 3-3. So the title of King of New York, King of Upstate New York, is still up for grabs. With the three wins and the three losses, that brings Syracuse's record to 56 and 79 on the season. So they are ahead of the Charlotte Knights by a few games. Uh, Charlotte is 53 and 81, so they are not completely in the cellar. But there still is basically a month to go, so a lot could happen. Next up are the Binghamton Rumble Ponies. And they played the Portland Sea Dogs, and it went basically as you would expect when a first place team takes on a last place team, unless it's the Mets and the Marlins. I was going to say. Yeah, and Binghamton dropped five of the six games, so they are now 23 and 38 in the second half, but they are not in dead last. They are a game and a half in front of the New Hampshire Fisher Cats for last place. So they have another week. Hopefully, they stay out of the cellar as well. Brooklyn Cyclones, they played the Winston-Salem Dash, and they continued their hot streak. Uh, they went 4-2 and two against the Dash, so that brings their second F record to 40-26. and 26. And with their win on Friday, the Cyclones clinched the South Atlantic League's North Division for the second half. Um, the regular season, it ends today as we're recording. They... they um, they will start the playoffs this upcoming Tuesday. They're going to be playing the Aberdeen Ironbirds, who won the Northern Division in the first half. And um, the Cyclones won the New York Penn League Championship in 2019, which is the last year that the New York Penn League existed. And they're in the South Atlantic League now. So the Cyclones have the potential to be one of the few teams out there to win championships in two completely separate leagues. I wasn't really able to find... I, I wasn't really looking that long, but I couldn't find any data regarding teams that have done that before. I know at the major league level, no one has done that. You know, it's only a couple of teams that have switched from National League to American League, vice versa, and um, no one has a championship in both league. And at the minor league level, I'm sure that there were teams. I'm sure there's a bunch of teams because, you know, especially back in the day, you know, the pre-modern era, you're talking the 10s, the 20s, the 30s, 40s, Rules were very willy-nilly in the minor leagues, and there's a whole bunch of you know movement, and, and things are a lot less formal. 
But one team that I did find that did do this, that they won championships in two separate leagues, are the defending South Atlantic champions right now, the Bowling Green Hot Rods. They won the South Atlantic championship last season, and they also won the championship in 2018 when they were part of the Midwest League. So there's a couple, um, and obviously if the Cyclones do win the championship, then we'll have to look into it more. But hopefully they do. And last and not least, St. Lucie Mets. They play the Fort Myer Mighty Muscles. I keep calling them the Miracle, but they are the Fort Myer Mighty Muscles. <laughs> For so some muscles reason, are they the? I assume they're like the shellfish, right? Not. Muscles. They are the shell. They are the okay, shellfish, good. but the shellfish has a very hefty bicep. See, that's so. fine. Yeah, that that's he, cool. He's a big boy. <laughs> yeah, that's if they were just like, no, we're the muscles. We're a bunch of jack. Like that'd be stupid. But if uh, shell jack shellfish, I can get behind that as a mascot. <laughs> Uh, so basically, rain just basically ruined this entire series. Four games got postponed or just outright canceled due to rain um, and when weather conditions. St. Lucie ended up going two and three. And if it wasn't for their phenomenal first half, they this would have been the end of the season. But they won the first half, so they're going to be playing the Palm Beach Cardinals in the finals this upcoming week. St. Lucie is eight and fifteen against the Palm Beach Cardinals this year, and most of those wins actually came in the first half. So we'll see. Uh, not looking too great for St. Lucie. They haven't been bad necessarily in the second half. They are thirty-three and thirty. That's above five hundred, and that is good for second place. But you know, even when you count the twenty twenty-two draftees that are on the roster now, I don't think that this team is as good as it was in the first half. When they went 40 and 25, and they had guys like Alex Ramirez, Stanley Consuegra, all those pitchers, you know, that uh, were drafted in 2021 that are now in Brooklyn. So we'll see, but you know, here's hoping for for uh, a St. Lucie championship. I mean, it feels like their offense is pretty weak now. Like it, yeah, Ramirez, it, it every time he did a farm report, it felt like Ramirez had two or three hits in the first mm-hmm. half. Yeah, yeah. And who knows how much they're going to push the college guys here. And to be clear, they should not be pushing the college guys for the sake of uh, a minor league championship. But it's three games. Yes. Ride them, ride them, ride them. The same Met fan has now caught two home run balls, it seems. Excellent. That's pretty, that's pretty impressive. It is not, it is not Zach, whatever his name is. So no need to get angry. (laughs) Who hit the latest home run? Was it Mark uh, Vientos by any chance? No, it is not. Ah, okay. Well, Eduardo Escobar has homered. Biggest news relevant to minor leagues, baseball, and the Mets is obviously uh, Starlin Marte being put on the disabled list and the Mets calling up Mark Vientos to take his place on the roster. We talked about him getting a call up last week. Um, he played a couple more games in Syracuse, and all in all, he is now running a 280-358-519 line at Syracuse with 24 homers, 44 walks, and 122 strikeouts in 101 games. Uh, he just got just looked very bad against 88-mile-an-hour garbage. So Nice. Well, yeah, I mean, people need to have realistic expectations here, and he's mm-hmm. not going to be a savior. He's not going to be a guy that's going to, you know— rally this team into going un- get going undefeated for the rest of the season you know the odds of him doing what some of those Braves rookies have been doing are very slim 
you know, I don't know the role that he's going to have. I don't know how many at-bats he's going to get in total. He does improve the team, though, you know, from an offensive perspective anyway. Like we were talking about last week, Devin Marrero is basically like a black hole at the bat. And he's on the roster for the time being for, I guess, another couple of days until Guillerme is back. Mm-hmm. But, you know, Vientos, you could bust him up and in with good velocity. He's not going to catch up. You can throw him some garbage and he's going to probably chase. But he has big time power and stuff that he can catch up to, stuff that he does recognize and, and put good wood on. He could hit very far. And, you know, it's whether or not he goes over 30 or whether or not Darren Ruff goes over 30, you know, but I have more faith, I guess, in Vientos maybe doing good right now than Ruff because Ruff has just looked rough. I'm sorry for that pun, but uh, breaking news, Tomas Nito has hit his first home run of the year and is now being ghosted in the clubhouse, in the dugout. He <laughs> was not a cheapie. He hit that out yeah. to dead center. He's, yeah, having, he's having quite a game today. Yes, yes. Uh, Vientos is presumably final line unless something fucking disastrous happens here in the ninth. Over five, two strikeouts, a pop out, and two flyouts. All right. You know, that's part of the course, I guess. Not everyone yes. is going to be a Brett Beatty and hit a home run in your first at bat. No, no. Step into the world of power, loyalty. And luck. I'm going to make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you want to get mixed up in the family business. Introducing The Godfather at ChompaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of The Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play The Godfather now at ChompaCasino.com. Welcome to the family. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. It's time for today's Lucky Land Horoscope with Victoria Cash. Life's gotten mundane, so shake up the daily routine and be adventurous with a trip to Lucky Land. You know what they say, your chance to win starts with a spin. So go to LuckyLandSlots.com to play over 100 social casino-style games for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Get lucky today at LuckyLandSlots.com. Available to players in the U.S., excluding Washington and Michigan. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Void or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. All right. Um, so shifting gears now to minor league baseball as a whole, rather than just the Mets, this week is actually a, a pretty historic week for the sport. About... Two weeks or so, uh, the end of August, the MLB Players Association sent a questionnaire to minor league baseball players, basically asking if they'd be interested in in unionizing. Um, 50% of the responses that the union got back were favorable towards joining the union, um, really more than 50%. One, one source said is a significant majority. So the table was set, and basically things could have gone two ways. Um one, the more direct and easy route with Major League Baseball just recognizing, you know, the efforts and recognizing that, okay, there will be a minor league union. Or the other, a little bit more messy with them not recognizing it. And then the issue being brought to the National Labor Relations Board for litigation and back and forth and whatever. But Major League Baseball voluntarily recognized their unionization efforts. So that's like the, the biggest hurdle has been cleared basically at this point. So minor league players will 
have some sort of uh, union, you know, underneath the umbrella of the MLB PA. It'll be a separate bargaining unit and, and separate, I don't want to say separate union, but separate, uh, what's a good word for it? It'll be separate from major league players because obviously, you know, I think that's a good thing. Yeah, there are different, everyone has different interests and are looking for different things, minor league player and major league player that's already made it. So two separate groups, but they're both falling underneath the umbrella of the MLB PA. Frankly, a lot of the MLB players kind of have crummy opinions on this sort of stuff, it seems, uh, that kind of reared its head with the international draft conversation over the offseason. Some of the I know Tatis was one of them, and I forget some of the other names were like, no, we don't want this because look at how much money we made, and that wouldn't have happened. So, yeah, it's definitely good that they're separating this. Well, you bring up international players. They will not fall under the purview of this because— Yes, perhaps it's a bad example, but I think the sentiment Agreed with the sentiment, but yes, just as a—I guess it is something to bring up that since those players are playing in the Dominican Republic, you know, a whole other country— they will not be falling under the uh, umbrella of the union because it's different, literally, <laughs> different country, different laws. But yeah, um, obviously the biggest thing that this is going to impact is salary because players who are not on the 40-man roster, salaries range anywhere from like $400 a week to, you know, at, at the lowest levels to about $700 a week at AAA. And that means that their take-home salaries for the year are well below federal poverty line. And, you know, guys can't meet their basic housing needs, their their food, whatever else, without supplementing their income somehow, either another job or someone else contributing. So that will definitely get addressed. Yeah, it's just better across the across the board for the league. It'll be better for the game itself, if you want to talk about something that matters the least important here. Like, mm-hmm. just the players will be better if they are in better um if they have better uh, quality of life and all that. And yeah. it's better for the individual player. Like, that's what really matters here. Even the career AAA guy, the Terrence Gores of the world, <laughs> you know? Mm-hmm. That, uh, he pitched the other day. Logan Verrett was pitching for Rochester against Syracuse on Saturday. And I was just like, wow, Logan Verrett is still around. He's 32 or 33, I forget. 32. Yeah, he retired for a bit. Yeah, um, pitching in minor league baseball. And he's not the only guy out there, you know, of that vein. I and guess his... he should be able to make a living if he wants to go pitch in Syracuse or whatever. I think he's in Washington system, whatever their AAA equivalent is. I can't remember off the top of my head. You know, his case is, I guess, a little different because he was on the 40 man roster and he did pitch in the major leagues unless I'm hallucinating. No, he yes. definitely did. Logan okay. <laughs> did indeed make starts for the Mets. Okay. He, he, he probably has all the all the time all the, the like the pension and all that stuff too he was probably right. there long enough but he is not the only guy that is 32 and is still plugging away in the minor leagues you know no of course and like we'll never know because this is one of those you know shadowy numbers that you can't actually get but how many guys do you think are out there that could have been contributors in some way to a major league baseball team maybe could have even been superstars that they just couldn't deal with all the shit that was thrown their way. They just couldn't deal with not having such a minimal income to support themselves or their family. Or, you know, 
just all these other issues that minor league players run into. I mean, teams have basically hey, we've we've discussed this before, but teams have basically been shooting themselves in the foot for years and years and years and years just because they can save themselves a couple of million dollars, which is nickels and dimes to them. Yeah. I mean, what what was? I know we've we've done the math. It was like the amount of money if oh, they like got how, one like how marginal you reliever, reliever or something. right? Like yeah, it's yeah. Pathetic. So you get one extra marginal middle reliever per year, and that basically pays for itself. Yep. Now here's my worry because I'm very. Um, pessimistic person and a very paranoid person major league baseball just voluntarily is just like okay cool you know they they chose the path of least resistance but that does not mean that they are going to be magnus and all this magnanimous you know there's a lot of shenanigans that major league baseball could pull before all this goes through it's going to take some time you know for this to happen it's not going to happen overnight there's going to be a lot of logistical stuff that needs to happen and, and needs to be taken care of and figured out and we saw how the lockout went mm-hmm. like obviously the players are protected and that's a good thing but also that was that was very ugly from from the mlb um from major league baseball and it, the players sometimes did some ugly stuff too but i'm going to support them more than i'm going to support the corporation that's just how it is but major league baseball was definitely acting in bad faith a lot of the time and they're going to do that with the minor leaguers too but i would just rather them be protected obviously well this is a way better outcome than them just than the minor leaguers just kind of living their lives absolutely and and like i was like what shit is maybe the league baseball going to pull before they get unionized because this is happening now and nobody can stop it like you know we saw what they did a couple of years ago they just arbitrarily cut hundreds of players they cut entire teams they cut entire leagues you know are players who are in the dsl complexes or players that are in the florida or the arizona complexes you know are they at risk here now you know the t- teams could basically just say like yeah we don't need these complex teams we do own them and you know eh, just just extra expenditure we don't need that can they trim the rosters? You know, most major league roster, the, the major league roster is 26 players. In the minors, I think it's like 28 at triple A, 28 at double A, and 30 at high A and low A and unlimited at the complex. Can they just say like, oh, we're going to put a hard stop on everything and everything has to be 26 players like it is at the major league level, cutting a bunch of positions? Like, I feel that major league baseball is going to give very, very What's the word? Petty. They could. I could definitely see them trying to pull some shenanigans before this goes down. Mm-hmm. Well, part of it, I think, is um, I think Eugene Friedman on Twitter made the point that um, part of this is them probably protecting the antitrust um, exemption that's been under fire recently for precisely this issue. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So that makes sense. Uh, they do have a motive to, you know, quell this. Yeah. I mean, just, it, uh, just never assume that MLB is going to do anything competent or yeah. <laughs> well-intentioned, and you're going to mostly be correct. 
how did this how did, how did Mr. Burns come in charge of everything? It just They're saying Boo Burns. <laughs> I don't really follow like any other sports. Do the uh, commissioners of basketball like actively act against the interest of the sport or the the, the league as a whole? You know, football. Like I, I don't know. Football is bad in different ways. Basketball is very different because the players have so much power. Yeah, like the players are the game for basketball, yeah, really. Exactly. So, like Adam Silver's not telling LeBron James anything. <laughs> you know, it, it's just. <laughs> That's just the the fact of the matter. He has too much power, and that's he's an extreme example because he's LeBron. But there's plenty of other players who are like that, and they can kind of do what they want. But also, football's weird in terms of like they're bad in terms of they they act like they're good and they're not in a way. Um, baseball just kind of baseball is not they're not shy about them being the 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 evil overlords type thing, yeah, like, which is very strange to me, like. Baseball, they, like, openly accept baseball fans, like, owners have kind of convinced fans to openly accept that it's okay to, like, not win, (laughs) and it's okay to just be really bad for a long time. Like, that shit doesn't fly in other sports either, and that's kind of a symptom of how baseball owners are. Yeah. Well, I mean, this is going to undoubtedly improve conditions for minor league players and and make things better so this is a win big big time win i mean that's not it's not uh hide it it's it's a major win you know for these guys i'm honestly a little surprised that mlb didn't fight it harder yeah that's that's why i'm that's that's what makes me raise my eyebrow and say like i can't they're just willingly i mean ken raises a good point that you know they've been getting a lot of bad press lately and you know there haven't been any serious governmental inquiries into things, but you do have more and more politicians, you know, highlighting the fact that Major League Baseball is an antitrust exemption and saying like, hey, you know, they shouldn't be acting like this. So, I mean, there, like, you know, like you said, there is reason to kind of seem appear nice and, and good here for their side, but. It just isn't in character for them because they are they're evil and incompetent, you know. <laughs> yes, very yeah. true. But yeah. So yeah, that is the big uh, that is the big news of the week. I'm uh, yeah, I'm very interested to see. I mean, obviously, we're gonna pay close attention to this. I'm very interested to see where this goes because. I, I maybe maybe I'm just so maybe I'm too jaded, but I don't expect good things to happen to baseball, right? Like it's it's it, it's really bad to be and be like, oh yes, suspicious. The owners <laughs> didn't the owners didn't try to immediately stifle this, you know? Like that's yeah. really, that's really what it was. Like any other time, I would read that and be like, oh look, a good thing these people are doing, but. <laughs> We've seen so much bad from them. It's like, oh, what is up your sleeve? What are you trying to pull? Even though everything that's come out of it has been, I think, mostly solid. Like, the I was kind of worried that it was going to be just one union and then minor league players would get marginalized in that because at the end of the day, the major league players are going to care about major league things no matter how much 
they actually want to champion minor league issues. They're not there anymore. But there's a lot of good that's coming out of it, and it's just kind of worrying that we have to be like this. It sucks. It just sucks for the state of the game. I mean, I'm also Mr. Pessimistic, so it's not exactly uh, surprising, I suppose. I wonder if they were getting, like, behind the scenes, they were receiving a little bit more political pressure than we're maybe aware of, and that motivated some of this. But Yeah, I I, I think that's definitely part of it, or the bulk of it. Yeah. Bernie Sanders was making some angry calls to Rob Manfred. Like a lot of, like, local politicians who, um, you know, lost teams at various points, and, you know. It's probably a good, it's such an easy PR win, so... Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and there's an on-field win. This should have been done years ago. Correct. I mean, when major leaguers unionized, there should have been provisions to do the same with minor leaguers. Unfortunately, it wasn't. And how uh, how long has the MLBPA existed? For basically like 50 years, 40 years? I don't know, actually, off the top of my head. A and long actually, time. Much longer than that. When did the MLB? I mean, I feel like it came into existence with the advent of free agency, but that might not actually be the case. 1966. So okay, so you're close. You were pretty close. 50, yeah. 55 years, 56 years. I mean, it should have been. You know, there should have been provisions 50 years ago. But yes. One correction, like you know, one at least it's being corrected now. Better 50 years later than never. <laughs> One interesting thing is, obviously, this is something that minor league players, this is something we've discussed in the past as kind of like a good thing, but also a bad thing. And and this definitely is in the interest of players. Obviously, better salaries is their number one concern, but something like working conditions is another one. And this is something that Major League Baseball did cite when they closed down you know, uh, 40 teams and two leagues in 2019-2020. And it is a legitimate issue. And it, it is also an issue from the player side of things, especially now with, you know, one of the proposed things that needed to be addressed that was mentioned. And you're seeing, you know, with more uh, female umpires and, and female coaches, you know, separate dressing rooms for them, separate uh, uh bathrooms for them, things like that. Those are definitely things that need to be addressed. And like we we were talking about at the time when when these things were, were brought up, like you have to wonder how this will impact teams that have, you know, older stadiums and on historic stadiums, things like that. And, you know, this is something that is in the players' interests too now. Like you want a you know, you, you want better working conditions. You want a clubhouse that's more modern or you want a clubhouse that you know doesn't flood you know basic things don't tell that to the a's (laughs) well yeah (laughs) i mean i'm generally not too sympathetic to those arguments yes i know some of these ballparks are historic and whatever whatever but by most accounts like going to like the actual experience of a lot of these older ballparks sucks for everyone and that includes the major league ones like Fenway I've been and, to Fenway I did not like it that much yeah so. Fenway and Wrigley are supposed to like both be pretty crummy and I assume it's very much the same inside and and that's at the major league level so how much how good of these historic minor league ballparks they're gonna be a piece they're gonna be garbage 
Yep. Yeah, it's and you could renovate them. Like I, I, I I would be cool if you kind of say, hey, we want to keep Wrigley around. I get it. I don't think you should tear Wrigley down or kick the Cubs out of it. But then you make it modern. Do that to it. Kick them out for a year or two and really like gut it and figure it out. Because, I mean, you these stadiums are just too old. Some some of them. Yeah. And I'm only using the major league examples because by my own admission, I've not been to a lot of minor league stadiums outside of the New York area. So, I mean, for the most part, most of them are, I want to say. There's only a handful that are older than, you know, like 50, 60 years old, especially Mm. now with, you know, um, a lot of those more older and more historic teams either got sent to the chopping block or they kind of, you know, got um, moved or whatever the case, but there are very far, the, the real historic, you know, stadiums are far and few in between where that would be, where those kinds of things would be bigger issues. Yeah. But yeah, so minor leaguers will have some union protections, finally. Good stuff. All right, so if anyone has any questions, comments, whatever, you could send us an email at our email address from complexqueens at gmail.com. You could follow us on Twitter and shoot us questions there. I'm at Steve Seiper. Lucas is at Elvahost343. Ken is at Ken1191. And Thomas is at said Season SZN. Subscribe to the podcast wherever you get your podcast from, rate and review it. And of course, we thank you for listening, and we will be back next week. So until then, love the Mets, love the Mets.